0: everybody, and welcome to Volume 2, Issue 57 of the Kana Rins podcast. The late 1990s, inspired by a host of classic Japanese titles, printer operating systems programmer Daisuke Amaya has a doormate teach him how to code video games. The result, five years later, is Dokutsu Monogatari, aka Cave Story. A freeware arcade adventure in the 8-bit style featuring an idiosyncratic plot and a distinctive cast. A game that is still enjoying success 8 years on. Joining me, Leon Cox, this week we have Darren Gargett. Yo! And Joshua Garrity. Hello there. So I've been in contact with uh, a, a Japanese department unit. Uh, that is Jay Taylor's wife, Kai, for the... Uh, I was fairly confident about the pronunciations, but I just wanted to to make sure I was getting them right. So uh, actually Daisuke Amaya is known almost exclusively as Pixel. I was watching a video earlier... Uh, with uh, the main man from Nicholas whose name I can't remember Tyrone uh, Rodriguez absolutely spot on Tyrone Rodriguez who apparently is a massive fan of Cave Story and this is one of the reasons why Nicholas keep porting it and releasing it for other machines uh, or it's been suggested that they could probably make more, um, more money by releasing different games rather than the same one over and over again. But uh, it's, uh, it's kind of a passion project for him. But anyway, he's, he's there in Pixel's house, uh, Amaya-san's house, and he just calls him Pixel. And, 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 and Amaya-san Pixel seems absolutely fine with that, so, <laughs> so we can call him Pixel. Uh, as regards to the Spani- uh, Spanish... Spanish? What the hell? As regards to the Japanese <laughs> na- name of the game, um, there are some Spanish games on WiiWare. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm assured, and apologies if I'm mangling, that it is Dokutsu Monogatari, which means Cave Story. Simple as that. Yeah. So Cave Story from now on. But I always like, you know, it's a, it's, it's a Japanese game, and that's its real name. We play Player Translation. Um, apparently the translation was done by uh, a guy called Gideon G who goes under the pseudonym of Eon Genesis and this is what he does now i don't know if this was a translation that was done I, I assume the sort of english translation was done pretty much soon after the game came out on freeware in 2004 i believe so yeah now is it the the same english translation that's still being used to this day in the in the you know official releases do we know that
1: i i'm not sure i'd like to think that it wasn't to be fair um i i, I'd I think, think he
0: does a good job though
1: yeah I think... yeah um
0: I, i'm not sure i'd have to look that up but... yeah I, that's one thing i didn't find out but uh it may well be that it's the case so as i say the freeware version of this came out in december 2004 and ran in uh a very retro resolution of 320 by 240 pixels. And it was, even though that Pixel had spent five years of his life from 1999 to 2004 making it, he charged no money for it. Absolute freeware, no... I don't think it was even, you know, $75 if you you fancy it. He asked for nothing and got nothing, and it made zero money. Now, did either of you play this back on the PC in the freeware days? Absolutely not. Nope. (laughs) I don't remember hearing much about it, but apparently this was quite a big deal. We have to remember, this is before Twitter, before Facebook was the thing it is now, Mm -hmm. and probably as as relevant as either of those, this was four years before Braid was the kind of breakthrough indie darling Mm. 2D platformer.
2: Well, it was Braid that sort of kicked it all off for me in terms of awareness for these indie games made by one or two people. Yeah. It was like, you know, Braid, Boom, Jonathan Blow. You're like, oh, okay, so, you know, that's getting a lot of traction. Super Meat Boy, there's the re- reference for this week's podcast. Boom, uh, you know, Edmund and Tommy. And then people kept mentioning Cave Story and Spelunky over and over and over again, and it took me ages to finally pick up on what they're saying and run ahead mm. with
0: it. Yeah, so this Lamulana uh, Cave Story, um, and, uh, yeah, Spelunky are the sort of... I think of them as, a, even though they're all very different from very different places and <laughs> have quite significantly different aspects to them, I kind of think of them as a as a sort of odd triumvirate.
2: Yeah, they seem to grow from the same grow box, if you know what I mean. like They're all separate plants, but they all came from the same box, if you know
0: what I'm saying. Same soil. Indeed. Mm, but very different soil. <laughs> <laughs> a weird analogy. So... Uh, for me, I played this. Uh, well, I just first played it properly recently. Although I dabbled with it when I first downloaded it on uh, WiiWare, which was uh, December 2010 in Europe, after a nine-month wait from the March U.S. Uh, March 2010 U.S. release uh it was a this was a conversion by nicholas they uh redid the music and doubled the resolution of the graphics to 640 by 480 um because you know they were working on the relative powerhouse that was the wii uh but i only just played it now and i'm still learning stuff about it as i read about it you know in preparation for this show i could have I could have probably done like a month study on this game it sounds bizarre but there's kind of a lot going on both in terms of its genesis and its text and subtext Um, but what about you fellas when did you get to playing it Darren?
2: Um, According to my Steam achievements I played it last December which makes sense because I remember it being sort of this kind of atmosphere like you know very cold and
0: came i came out in november 2011 on steam and that's yeah. cave story plus
2: mm, yeah that's the version i played first uh my mate kip he recommended it to me it was in a indie, indie bundle and he was like oh just pay whatever for it and i said like, okay and he goes just check it out if there's one game you're going to check out check out cave story and i installed it blah, 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 and i started booting it up and then i kept hearing like things in my head from recent podcasts saying oh cave story this cave story that and as soon as you start playing it, you're just thinking, I'm such an idiot for not playing this sooner. Uh, mm-hmm. I had the opportunity, don't get me wrong, um, I was working for Mastertronic in 2009, 10, and someone said to me there, I'll go to kstory.org and check this game out. And I was, I'll be honest, ignorant, arrogant, just like, oh, I'm not playing that, you know, it looks, you know, it doesn't look up to standard to what, you know, current games are. Horrible for me to say so. That, that uh, hand up. I was a bit of a World of Warcraft. Um, you know, I was in that zone, and I wasn't really up for any other game.
0: You've seen the lights since then.
2: Oh God, yeah, and big um, style, big style. I am all about the Cave Story nowadays.
0: <laughs> Josh, what about you?
1: Um, my story's kind of similar to Darren uh, Darren's story in that you know, loads of people were telling me, Oh Josh, you should check out Cave Story. Uh, it's up your. It's right up your street. You'd love it." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, sure, I'll play it." And then, you know, two years passed, and I still haven't played it. Um, it's, it was only this year, um, during the summer Steam sale, that I picked it up on Steam, the K-Story Plus, the same one Darren played. And, you know, r- just as Darren said, from the first five minutes of the game, I thought, how stupid was I to ignore <laughs> this game? Um, yeah, yeah th- I only just finished it this year, so my uh, impressions are still quite fresh.
0: Yes, we, we don't normally quote reviews, but this is a game that has been very much a critical darling. It's, uh, I think it was the 9 out of 10 review on Nintendo Life that drew me towards it, but it's also received uh, several 9 plus reviews, out, you know, 9 out of 10 plus, uh, on places like Destructoid and, and various other organs. So uh, it's, it's a repeatedly well-received game every time it comes out. Huh. Um, there was a DSiWare version... Uh, November 2010 in the US, and a year later in Japan, bizarrely. Uh, did that actually come out in Europe on DSiWare?
2: It doesn't matter what format, or what handheld I pick up to try and check out Cave Story, I just can't find it on the, on any European e-store
0: or e-shop. So it didn't?
2: As far as I'm aware, yeah. It's a bit of a shame. I mean, I've, I've tried buying Cave Story for the 3DS in all its versions, and I can't find it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I believe, I believe the DSiWare version never did come out. Now, we're currently waiting for the eShop version, hmm. which is uh, a specific update of the DSiWare game, because apparently both Pixel and Nicholas were unhappy with the way it, it upscaled hmm. onto the 3DS. So uh, they're doing a specific version. Um, with some of the tweaks that we've seen in Cave Story Plus since then on on Steam, mm. um, now that has come out in America.
2: Yeah, it's been on there for a, a few weeks, and yeah, they're as we record. They are. They've just got Guxed, which is a shmup by the same uh, by the same people or person. I think it's I think it's Pixel's game called Gux. It's a shmup. Um, oh, okay. And Nicholas of put it on the on the e shop. You can also get that on PC for free. Uh, again, it's another freeware title. And mm. Ikkachan, which um is coming out soon on the 3DS eShop shop. Uh
0: yes, uh, Pixel's other works, I'm not familiar with any of them. I believe Ikkachan, which uh translates as Little Squid. That's right, uh, yeah. Was his first game which he actually he Cave Story was the first game he wanted to make, but he knew he wasn't capable of making the game he wanted to make so he cut his teeth on a game called Ikachan, which is still being updated and ported to this day uh on hi- on the uh on his softography there are a lot of other games that I don't know uh Azarashi Akantares Rain Guxt is there uh Jill Jill Soap Run <laughs> 100 Kitties or Neko 100 Pio, Pix Tone so uh he's been he's actually been Rather busy while nicholas has been have been busy themselves porting cave story mm. he's been making all these other things uh, He has actually been quoted and i 'm not going to directly quote him verbatim, but he has said he do- he's not sure that he'll ever make another game as good as cave story but uh, hopefully at least he's trying
2: yeah, I quite like that like that quite you know that paraphrasing quote because it sort of means that you know it, he's not he's, he's quite grounded now like you know i mean he knows cave story is really good, and the fact that i I wouldn't like it if he just came out and go, Yeah, I can do better than Cave Story. Do you know what I mean? I quite like the fact that he knows that Cave Story is, you know, Mm. pretty special. And even if he can't reach that high again, I'm sure there's a absolutely well, like a chance great. Well that
1: that quote says to me he's very self-critical which means he's always going to strive mm. to do things better. So, you know, he recognizes that Cave Story has a lot of fans and a lot of love, but it doesn't mean he's going to let himself, you know, off easy. He's still mm-hmm. going to try just as hard every time.
0: And also it's it's a good way of not, you know, setting yourself up for failure because if he does make another game say as good, um the expectations uh, are slight you know we will be cautious based on what he said so uh hopefully you know if, if he came out saying i'm gonna smash cave story off the planet and then came out with something that was you know, just, just similar similarly excellent then maybe uh people would be disappointed also the creative situation is going to be so different he was working full-time while creating cave story on his own completely on his own including the music and the graphics over a five-year period uh while as i say developing software for printers um he only went full-time as a developer uh two i think two years ago or less um and now he you know he is now a games developer and that is his career uh it's i think he only started making money you know f- when nicholas got involved and started porting the game to consoles uh because as i say he he hadn't charged for the freeware version so huh. um Sales figures are extremely hard to come by, uh, understandably. I mean who knows how many people played the free version. Uh I could find one quote which is not from Pixel or from Nicholas, uh, but from a, a totally unreliable third party, uh but sold one hundred thousand on console and five hundred thousand on PC. Uh pff, don't know. Could could mean anything, mm. but uh we're, I would imagine that the ballpark of several hundred thousand across all formats is probably, sounds about right to me.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that PC one is is gathered from maybe the Humble Indie Bundle and the amount yes. of people who buy that, and then he just got the number from there. It sounds quite feasible.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, other versions, uh, as I say, we, we in, the, in the UK, at the time of recording, um, which is November 2012, you might be listening to this at any stage, Uh, In the future, the eShop version is not out here. Hopefully it will happen. Um, Now, there is a version we can play on the 3DS, and this is the November 2011 Cave Story 3D. Hmm. Which, by all
1: accounts, is not a very good version of that game. None of us have played it, sadly.
2: No, Uh, it was in a very limited print run over here. It came out for about a week, like in terms of availability, and then it just disappeared, and... French people are selling it, but I don't really want to import a French copy and have it all be French, (laughs) do you know what I mean?
0: Surely all the European languages are on there, aren't they?
2: Yeah, and again, again, it was quite a high price, which is another reason why I didn't want to buy it, it was like, I think it was 60 euros and stuff like that, it's inflated quite a bit because it's such a rarity now in in Europe.
0: So it's the same core game, but with polygonized graphics.
2: Yeah, I was watching a quick look earlier, over at um, GiantBomb.com, and... Even Patrick Klepek himself isn't too keen on the uh, the new art style, and to be honest, it's yeah, it's not very endearing at all.
1: Well, it takes away a lot of the charm that the original two D art hmm. had. Just just from looking at video of it, I, I know it's not really a version of that game I want to play. Um, so much of the appeal of K's story is that it feels like this game that's from a different era, and when you try and put it back into like almost like an n sixty four playstation era type game it it doesn't it doesn't translate
0: what's weird is it was that th- this version was made by Nipponichi who are you know, famous for their uh wonderful 2 d art <laughs> um, they they make the Disgaea games and lapuelle tactics and Atelier iris and all these you know um, sort of very niche, very Japanese uh, games that again have a huge following of their own. It seems strange that they're responsible for this rather. It looks looks like something that's been, you know, sort of handed out to somebody who you wouldn't necessarily trust. Whereas if somebody had said, oh yeah, Nipponichi are making Cave Story for the 3DS, I'd have been like, wow, what a fantastic choice of developer. Mm.
2: It, it just kind of contradicts the, the creator's name, Pixel, and then it's all polygonized. Like, I think i like cave story the way it is because that, like he's called himself pixel so he's pretty much he's gonna be a pretty decent guy at pixel art i imagine you know if you call yourself pixel you, you know you've got some sort of legacy to live up to so i don't know did mm. his cousin polygon <laughs> come up with the idea
1: well the <laughs> thing with me um having played um uh what's it called super time for not super time force that's the other one what's the a- rip it uh mighty mighty switch yeah that's what it's called mighty switch force on the uh 3ds um i I think way forward technology way forward yes um 2d art on the 3ds looks better in 3d than Mm. 3d polygonal stuff so Uh. it's insane to me that they even made this decision why not take the original art design and make that 3d instead I, i imagine it would have improved the game dramatically but oh well
0: the the review scores are noticeably a few percent lower all round like mm. um does does that suggest that not only does it not look as charming but it also doesn't play as well we're I've talking th- out of our hats here cause mm-hmm, we yeah that, of course but. from
1: from what i've heard and of uh, you know it's not necessarily trustworthy but from what i've heard the game plays you know fine just as well as the original does but having that different art style takes away from the atmosphere and that's enough to put a dent on the experience
0: hmm. and apparently on the uh, the the history and um Fact-checking side, this game has also been ported unofficially to Linux, Mac OS X, PSP, Xbox original that is the GP2X, and the Texas Instruments graphing calculator. Oh yeah, that's my favourite one. That is that's my best console. <laughs> uh, so it's uh, you could say it's almost ubiquitous. Uh, are there any obvious machines that uh, no iOS version as yet?
1: No, there's no psn or xbox live arcade version of it which i think it's is just an been oversight. rated by
2: the esrb though it's just been rated like today oh, or right. it yesterday it just got rated over here and in america
1: well I, I
0: really hope that does come over to those stores because i would play that game again for for 400 achievement points you yeah
2: know? <laughs> oh god yeah i don't need an excuse to play it again <laughs>
0: uh, the steam version has a bunch of achievements a whole ton doesn't it, it gives you achievements almost any story beat at all, you get something for it. Uh, but I don't think the, does Steam not have a an imposed limit like XBLA does about how many achievements you can nah. have in a game or whatever? The,
2: the Binding of Isaac's got about a billion achievements, and it's right, just okay. it, as long as you want it to um, be.
0: So that sounds like that could still happen. Certainly, with you know in in the last months or of of Xbox 360 and XBLA, they'll be looking for releases. You know, some sort of marquee. XBLA releases, I suppose, um, and hopefully things to give away for free on PSN Plus with Cave Story would be nice. So, uh, yeah, there's, the, and this is a game which, just again, just reading up on and, and just doing Google research, um, this game inspires incredible passion and loyalty amongst its user base. So, so many people are talking about, yes, a new version's coming out. I can, you know, I, I can buy my seventh version of this and play it again. <laughs>
2: I- I could totally understand that because i'm I'm kind of the same with uh Edmund McMillan and Tommy Reffin and his work with Meat Boy and Isaac and mm. like I buy it on Steam and then they release a digital version. And I buy that. And then they release an art book where, you know, Edmund's comics from when he was, like, 15. And they're really Mm. mental. I bought that. And it was, like, 30 quid. I was like, oh yeah, I'll buy that. I can imagine, like, you know, the Pixel fans, you know, the the equivalent of, do the same thing. And I I totally understand it.
1: Yeah, I'm like that with indie games as well. Because I feel like there's a more direct link between me and the creator. So I feel like when I'm buying those games, I'm supporting people i really care about it's not it's not like with a big retail game where it's like a faceless corporation who i don't really know and so i'll only i may love the game but i don't really know the people involved but with these games it feels a, a bit more personal
0: i don't know what cut uh nicholas pixel and or the platform holders uh take in in each of these transactions but judging from the fact that pixel has gone full-time developer the fact that nicholas keep releasing it and the fact that it keeps coming out on new platforms suggests that everyone's getting a a fair deal and uh, again watching that interview between pixel and uh, rodriguez from nicholas they seem to have a very good relationship so um, i guess you know pixel's doing all right out of it even though it's been nicholas who have produced and and distributed all these um, console versions which is good to know so the game itself um, takes about seven hours to beat on average
2: Yeah, sounds about right yeah
0: Yeah. about right yeah not massive but uh, not teeny tiny either Uh, now this is a test this is a challenge Uh, who wants to have a go at pitching the story Uh, this is a warning to listeners there probably will be spoilers and although it may not seem like it from what you may know about this game already this is the kind of game that spoilers could be damaging josh do you want to have a, a go at <laughs> describing the scenario um so you are
1: a robot mm-hmm. and you are on this big floating island in uh in the sky and yes. there are and you come across this village of rabbit people the mimica yes and um the story is about these uh, these villagers getting attacked by a mysterious enemy called the Doctor, and he's capturing certain members of the Migma to experiment on, and so forth and so on. Um, and the, they talk about some, something called the Red Flower and
0: mm.
1: how that affects the Migma and how it turns it. Mimimi- so
0: it's a bit of a mouthful. Sorry, mimiga. <laughs> mimiga. Mimiga, yeah.
1: And it talks about how the uh, red flower turns these uh, these m- mimiga <laughs> into <laughs> into monsters, essentially these mindless weapons. Um yeah, and the story kind of progresses from there and there are lots of different like mysteries and certain reveals and you meet all these, you know, different characters, but I I was surprised by how mature the story was. And I think that's what's going to really strike people when um, they play this game is that the art style is kind of misleading, and the, and the music and everything about the presentation, because the story does get quite dark towards the end.
3: Hmm.
2: Yeah, it's it's quite a a nice juxtaposition though, because like the the music and. It's, got, it's quite humorous as well, I, I'd say, in the dialogue, like, you know, there's some, yeah. especially with Balrog, the the sort of, the, I don't know what he is, it looks like a suitcase to me, or something like uh, that.
0: He is officially a bar of soap. <laughs> okay. according According to Pixel, uh, a, a, an early build of this game had all the enemies uh, based on bars of soap. He thought it would be fun to have all <laughs> the enemies looking like bars of soap, and the only one that ended up looking like a real bar of soap, apart from, there are a few little blobby enemies who you could say resemble soap, is Balrog, but he also added a face and stripes, so yeah, he looks like a TV or a suitcase or a giant stereo or something but yeah he is so
2: yeah he's got some quality uh, some dialogue like um every time you fight him he seems to be like a, an occurring like reoccurring character like the first time you see him he sort of kicks a door down and he references the kool-aid man the, the drink in america he goes oh yeah and when you first beat him he says i remember this and it's a very obscure mario party reference to bowser he'll, he'll always say it uh, when you when you see bowser in mario party he'll say i remember this and then when he comes back He'll then say, oh, I remember this, and he'll fly off again, just like Balrog does in (laughs) K-Story.
0: I didn't even spot that one. Oh. Oh, That's a a good one. Played many
2: Mario parties in my teens.
1: Yeah. (laughs) The story moments that really got to me is when the story started to show off how kind of disturbing the process of being changed by the red flowers was. Um, There's a villager who gets captured, and um, I think it's... uh, Bulrog, who actually forces her to eat the red flowers, and her friend comes up to her and like, "Oh, oh, come on, you know, hold on," and then her eyes turn red and she's, you know, lost control, and it really creeped me out. Um, and I think it was the contrast between the the visual aesthetic and um, what was actually going on. If this had presented itself as a horrific game like a Silent Hill, I'd be expecting. Something like that mm. in that game, but because it's you know all the charming music and all the look of the colours and it's pretty, that moment really kind of caught me off guard. It really freaked me out.
0: Yeah, and some key characters die. Yeah, uh, all of a sudden, and they don't. It doesn't necessarily make a big deal about it. It's quite sort of stark. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, you actually. <laughs> another thing to stress is that the story isn't really spelt out to you 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 really have to go digging and in fact since even since i've completed the game uh, i've learned that there is a better ending Um, i learned during it that there's also a worse ending Uh, we'll we'll come on and talk separately about the endings but um there are certain conversations that you can never have if you don't talk to everyone that reveal key things um you start off uh the the game starts off with a, a cutscene um, with a, a man in a room who who uh, and there's I mean there's a strange juxtaposition even between there's a science team who are researching the the island who consists of a number of people and and these for the most part just look like regular Japanese people and yet they're sort of coexisting with these. Uh, rabbit-like, white rabbit-like Mimiga, and then there's your character who isn't explained at all. You literally just start in a cave, and you look like a, a little robot boy, um, but you're a very human-like robot as well. You know, you can't breathe underwater for very long. Um, you die if, quite quickly if you take hits. Uh, they've added an easy mode on on the modern versions and the Nicholas versions that wasn't there. And I've started playing it again on on normal. And uh, it's very easy to to just die all of a sudden. It's not it's not a particularly easy game.
2: No, uh, that's because like the enemies can severely overwhelm you at points and it's got quite an old fashioned I don't know, old fashioned's probably a bit too harsh, but it's got a, an old school mentality with the save system where was like, you know, there's an icon where you save and mm. you know, there's no checkpoints basically. So if you die you will go back, you know, a certain amount of time from when you last saved. And it's very easy to sort of think that you saved because you've gone to the health stations gone. yeah my health's fine my missiles are fine you forget to save and then you die out in the field and you're like oh no I'm back all the way there
0: yeah you have to manually manage your saves it's not auto checkpointing for you at at all in any way Uh, I'm sure everyone will fall foul of that Um, yeah we'll probably uh, touch back across the story at various points but um, I don't want to do a, a sort of you know point by point no run through it, uh, but suffice to say that it is interesting, it is layered um, and it's, it is it is surprising both in, in its sort of depth and just the fact that it's, it's genuinely a bit odd it's not self-consciously odd like, you know, some games where people might say, oh god that game's so crazy, you know, where crazy things happen <laughs> that are designed to be crazy and zany and out of this world, it just, this feels like the writing of somebody who's generally just a little bit you know odd in a in a nice way a little bit eccentric yeah um i couldn't really sort of you know maybe i'm just being dumb and, and i didn't study english to a high enough level uh or literature but although there are themes i couldn't sort of determine any obvious sort of analog or subtext for this in terms of it's saying this it's it's not it doesn't appear to be like um desperately trying to get some kind of moral message to you no uh, but it does have sort of ideas that, that, that sort of come and go and, sw- and swim around and a general there's there's a sadness to it but also it as 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 darren says it does also amuse and it can make, yeah it can make you chuckle uh it's it's a, it's a really odd one, but surprisingly memorable, considering you know that it, the story's told with like eight pixel high characters who uh, have you know little cameo shots in the corner of the screen. The only thing that I did think that maybe there was something about it was it struck me that the Mimiga are like test. You know, uh, cosmetic test rabbits or animal testing s- victims, hmm. um, and the fact that there's a the scene in the the, the final boss or uh, the final boss. If you haven't performed a key task in the middle of the game, the final boss for a normal playthrough. Um, one of the screens there, uh, there's a whole load of mimiga all in cages in the background of the screen, and it and it just struck me. It looked like um, you know uh, a testing cosmetic testing or a science a, t- a testing lab where they keep animals for for science purposes i don't know if there's anything in that whether pixel is anti-vivisection <laughs> or or what but that was the only sort of thing that I, I thought maybe he was getting at something of the real world
2: yeah i, I didn't pick up on that but then i'm at the the brightest bulb in the box you know what I mean <laughs> yeah it's a it is a very confusing story and, and well it's, for me it was very confusing but it didn't stop me from being engaged with it all like mm. all, all the characters seem to have their own personalities and everything they say sort of makes sense but then when you finish it you're just like well, what I I quite like that about the game it's sort of it's, it's another sort of Metroid parallel for me like in the first Metroid on the NES you sort of just dumped in and you're like right well what do i do and i I sort of get that from this as well whereas this sort of does flesh out with you know actual characters and story and in between but uh, i guess that's one of the first of many metroid parallels in this game
1: i i think i did have quite a good grasp of what was going on but it is quite vague and i think to its benefit though i feel like too many games try to explain everything to you and i said this with half-life 2 sometimes it's better to let the player use their imagination and fill in the gaps for themselves um and the thing that struck me most though is that i ended up really caring about all the characters and this you know this village of migma um It wasn't like most 8-bit games of this style. When I think of 8-bit gaming, uh, I think of games that are mainly focused on gameplay. I think of, even though Super Meat Boy isn't 8-bit, it it spiritually is. It's very much a game about the gameplay and everything else is a distant second. Um, Whereas K story, it felt like everything had uh, equal equal attention as the gameplay it felt like the who it um it felt like pixel had really thought about what he was trying to convey narratively he may have not had like a a deep subtext but i definitely felt like um he had a good grasp of what the character's motivations were and the emotional core of the
0: story and of course it may be one of those cases we don't know um how perfect the translation that we read is uh, there may be elements missing or it may be underselling some aspects and overselling others pixel himself probably can't uh play it in the english or wouldn't want to so he doesn't know if necessarily if people are getting the right story but i think um based on again on the fan sites and things i think i think the version the, the english version does seem to be accurate to his original ideas Hmm. um and what i would recommend doing because i've learned a lot more about the story since after i finished it and been preparing for this podcast um going to cavestory.org and the timeline page uh which actually goes into some detail about what happened uh in the distant past there's quite a backstory there's you know this goes back to uh Many, many, many years before the events of Cave Story, um, and you know it looks very much like this. This isn't just sort of fans retroactively making this stuff up. This is stuff that they've extrapolated from what happens in the game. So, yes, yeah, surprisingly dense. Um, not in not meaning thick, but meaning rich. Hmm. Um, we should yeah we've we've slightly touched on it, but uh, we should talk about those visuals.
2: Yeah, they're they're quite clearly pixel slash 8-bit, but they've got a bit more of a polish on them than, uh, than the say, like NES graphics. NES graphics seem quite raw. It kind of reminds me more of a Master System style artwork. The Master System always looked to me like a more sort of polished 8-bit. I don't know if it was more powerful than NES, so I'm not too sure on that. But...
0: A little, yeah.
2: Yeah, and it's, it just reminds me of that more. I mean, uh, obviously that's not a... You know, a detriment to the Cave Stories art style. It just reminds me more of a mass System art style than a NES one. Um, I I do like all the characters in there. Like they've all got their own distinct look. Like the Mimiga look. Like they look like rabbits, but they're sort of. They look a bit more. I don't know. A bit more. I don't know if sinister is the right word, but they just look a bit more aggressive than a rabbit. You know.
0: King King definitely does. The mm. uh, the, the the village chief of the Mimiga. He's uh, he's a scary. He's got scars and yeah, yeah. Sorts. Like their little mm.
2: icons in the corner, which I wish they had the names above them when they're talking. Because mm. it sort of it lends itself well to understanding the story a bit more. Because like a face will pop up and you're like oh he's got scars on his forehead like who's that one again it just yeah, there's, looked...
0: there's a few Mimiga that blur into each other for me as well I must yeah admit.
2: all Mimiga look the same uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah and I, I do really like uh, that art style because it reminds you like because they look quite aggressive like I say they've got the scars on their cheek and stuff that's because they've been in a war and or a fight and it sort of reminds you of the red flower which is you know is the sort of like you know the the main weapon in the game against the Mimigos sort of like oh yeah they can turn into these crazy beasts and you know later on you do actually fight one of them and the fact that they're always looking a slightly scary reminds you of that at all times.
1: The, the thing I liked most about the art style was how simple it was. It wasn't trying to be overcomplicated and um, there weren't really complex designs. They were just really well thought out but simple designs. My favourite design is the elephant that mm. uh, patrols one of the hallways. And it's, it's just a really charming, cute little elephant creature. Mm. Um, and, and it reminds me of stuff like, the, you know, something like Nintendo would make, um, something Nintendo's art team would make. And it and it amazes me that one person was able to do all of that themselves. Uh, it's insane.
0: Mm there's a lot of classic 8-bit game style sprites, there's bats and blobs and everything's got, you know, little pixel eyeballs um, and it's, yeah, it's that strange thing where most of the enemies in the game are kind of cute but also you don't have any real qualms about blowing them the way because, almost because you know they infinitely respawn <laughs> as soon as you leave the room it kind of feels consequence free, it doesn't it is like metroid in that regard um and th- this is you know we'll, we'll talk about the actual structure and whether it is a, a, a metroidvania or not um but there are certain similarities such as the fact that every time you blow away a group of enemies they drop w- something that you need basically whether it be health or missiles or the uh experience points for your weapon um i was going to say uh so some of the environments uh you come across uh there's uh some caves as you'd expect but there's also um a there's the bushlands area which is kind of um a gr- greener area there's a farm later on there's a village um so it's not all in caves
2: no uh, but it kind of it all feels connected uh even the egg corridor which is weird like when you first teleport into the egg corridor mm. you, you sort of walk around this world via a teleport system and you're like eggs with numbers on I didn't really giant even...
0: eggs yeah, yeah. Like, dragon eggs is as it turns out
2: yeah so like you end up in, t- in this room with like a series of machines uh, like terminals and you run past them all and they all light up and then there's two that light up red and that obviously tells you you know that, oh, these two are more important than the rest so you check them out and it's like you know, egg number one has got this egg number six has got this and then you sort of you go back to the egg corridor which is literally just a corridor with eggs and elephants in and all sorts of weird creatures
0: these eggs are huge I mean we it, the, they sort of stand out <coughs> Because they're quite, uh, they're sort of relatively well defined and high resolution. They're not made out of blocks like everything else is, and 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 again, uh, even though that that's uh, you know it's a great early puzzle in that although it's it seems quite straightforward you have to get all the way to when you're first heading up that corridor that that area you're like shit what am i doing why are there all these numbered eggs you're genuinely (laughs) like what giant eggs okay maybe these are just for the background but you're thinking but they're numbered there's got to be some reason for that and then the first time you play you have to get all the way to the end and then as you say you go in this room and then there's an element of the puzzle to that in that if you you know so it's observation as much as anything if you you know you might not notice that the monitors are lighting up as you walk past them and then you might not notice that there's a pattern that two of them have gone red and then you might not think to push down on the controller to read those and then you might not think that when it mentions eggs one and six that you actually have to go in underneath them um, past this very very dangerous uh, insta-death uh, blast of uh, sort of lightning um, to actually go inside the egg and collect uh, items.
2: And even after I noticed the terminals turning red and it telling me to go to egg one and six, I still couldn't work out how to get inside the egg because it's yeah, exactly. really ambiguous. It's sort of like, just jump into it. and You're like, well, that's not as consistent with, because the game's got like, you know, I sort of these icons that are door, uh, door icons, <laughs> but the eggs don't have that. They don't have no. any uh, visible entrance. And it sort of puzzled me for a bit. And then, you know, I just did a little bit of testing around and just jumped into an egg. And yeah, it was a bit, bit weird, that bit.
0: It's very sort of old-school uh, arcade adventure. And this is something I'm going I'm to mention a few times because although this game has been compared a lot to Metroid <clears throat> and similar games, and it obviously is influenced by those, it has a lot of um, other influences as well. Right. And in terms of structure, the game reminds me more of a classic, what we used to call an arcade adventure, where it is about find item, then work out what to do with item, um, in, but in an action scenario, we're not talking a point-and-click adventure here, but it's more linear than a Metroidvania. It's not like you pass 50 doors with a red coating on that <laughs> you can't open until you get the right weapon. There's nothing like that in this game at all.
2: No, it, it definitely shows that kind of promise, though, at the start, because that tutorial intro level in the cave, well, it's sort of mostly in the cave, but it's, like, it's, like it's a very sort of grey cave, and you have no weapon at the start, and you're sort of bumbling through, there's bats, and there's things that can kill you like spikes. <laughs> And you pick up the um, the gun from a box by, next to a guy who's sleeping, and then you're like, oh, right." So I use that gun to go. I go back, backtracking, which is a key feature of Metroid. You go back on yourself to shoot the blocks away, and then it sort of it sort of works out. And you're like, oh, okay." So maybe this game could be a Metroid-style, you know, adventure game. But the rest of the game doesn't pan out that way. And I'm wondering if I see, if I pixel sort of scaling back his scope for the game and making it more concise, because if it had loads of backtracking, would I don't know if the game would be any worse or not, but you know it's hard to tell. But I think he maybe just scaled it back slightly to, um, or greatly, to help the game move um move forward all the time.
0: Yeah, there's very little backtracking. You do revisit a few areas, but not in any extensive way. I wouldn't have said.
2: No, not unless you want to get the, the life capsules and stuff like that. Yeah, which yeah. Give a very Metroid noise, don't they? A very Metroid-esque noise when you pick yeah, them up. Yeah, that's
0: one of the most Metroid uh, or Super Metroid elements of the. Mm of the experience definitely the life capsules but of course um, this game lends itself I was just about to say as regards to that the, the, you know the initial visit to the egg corridor as a, as a great illustration of how this game lends itself and is, is, a, is a popular game of speedrunners runners um, because the first time you play that you don't know what you're doing you don't go in the eggs you don't collect the things the second time you play it you don't bother going to the room at the end first you just go straight along jump in the eggs and you can play the whole game like that and now As I understand it, I've done some uh, looking into this, um, of course, a true Metroidvania will normally have sequence breaking in it, so uh, either through glitches or clever design, you'll be able to skip entire items um, or get things early. So, uh, and you can't do that in Cave Story. I don't believe there's a there's a point. There are certain things. There are things you can miss altogether, but you'll you'll probably need them later. Although, in the case of the map, which is just sitting there right at the start, I didn't get that for ages on my first playthrough. I had no. I just never saw it. There's just there's. It doesn't send you past it or or particularly near it. Um, but this time, I knew where it was. Now I don't need it, I suppose. But. It's um, pretty. It's
2: pretty. Ah, um, oh, what's the word? It's, it's not necessary that map. I wish it was better. Uh, uh, maybe because the game isn't, you know, a, a game where you do explore every inch and mm. look and cranny like a Metroid game. Uh, but the map is a little bit weak in my eyes. It's just sort of like a green long bar that goes across the screen. And I you're think like...
0: it's deliberately ambiguous right. so that you don't over rely on it. Now, I've heard I was looking into the development of the um, 3DS eShop or eStore version of cave story now apparently the DSiWare version had the map viewable on screen uh, on the second screen the whole time but they've actually decided that that was detrimental to the experience of actually playing cave story and exploring and discovering the world for yourself so they've removed that from the 3ds version
2: like that makes sense and if they if they don't want it to be a focus then it, it entirely mm. makes sense why it's just a green sort of vague bar
0: yeah it just gives you It just gives you an idea of where you are in the grand scheme of the area you're in, but it doesn't tell, it doesn't give you any specific clues about, I think maybe there was one point where I worked out a path via the green sort of map, but generally the way to do it, it's, you know, it's, it's a bit like, uh, it, it, it doesn't work like the Super Metroid map, but it's like the Super Metroid map in that, you know, you can see there's a, there's a, there's a big room there and you know that you can't get to the rest of it but that's what makes you think about you know potential whether it be using the x-ray to to jump through the ceiling or whatever this uh, game one of the items is not an x-ray so there are are sections later on where you do have to effectively jump through jump through the background work out that some blocks are not as solid as they may look and um but it always seems logical i never got frustrated or confused with this it always seemed to make a certain amount of sense
2: yeah, even in the sand zone where you have to find the little puppies for the woman it mm. gives you information on the on the you know, the current goings on. It's sort of like find the dogs and you're like, Well the puppies and you're like, Oh man, where are they? So you look at the map and the map's not really giving you much, but it gives you a vague idea of where to go, like, Oh, I can go down here But then you you'll see a sign and it'll say keep an eye out for various markings on the walls because you can walk through them. And it, you know, it does like a Nintendo school of thinking where it'll will, it will teach you through gameplay. So like the signs next to a concrete pillar that's got holes in. You're like, oh, okay, I can walk through this. Um, and then you start looking around and, you're like, oh, and then you start seeing paws because you're looking for a dog and there's paws mm. on the on the wall and you're like, oh, hang on, there's got a gap through that. And then it's you slowly work things out through gameplay. It's, it's quite clever.
0: Were, I remember some of the puppies being quite sort of, yeah, quite cleverly hidden. Mm. Um,
2: there's one in a dark room where you see nothing apart from a few sort That's of right. yeah. visual clues. Where like there's rain dripping down to the bottom. Where there's a, there's a dead guy on some sand. And previously in the level, you're taught that if you step on the sand, a crocodile will bite you. Yeah, of mm. course, of course, of course. And um, so yeah, you see the you see the rain dripping on this dead carcass or you know skeleton and uh
0: it pushes but, you down you can't yeah. make the jump the rain ah. the rain hampers you yeah
2: oh there we go yeah and but the whole room's dark so what you have to do is to use your machine gun to sort of shoot around and make a path through the not the light of the gun but the way how it's the collision detection of the bullets
0: yeah or your head or your head. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's lots of little uh gameplay secrets i mean in fact in fact in again in org, there's pages and pages and pages of secrets and again not sequence breaking as such but things that you can do in the game that you don't have to do to discover secret items Um, there's a whole complex almost um, you know how in I think almost every Zelda there's a chain of swap, swaps that you do to get a, a particular item apparently in this and now we'll talk about the, the gun the actual shooting mechanics and and the platforming um, there's, a, there's a sequence where you can end up swapping guns to get the ultimate weapon in the game uh, which I didn't manage to do I, I swapped with uh, Curly Brace who is a female robot character and I think that was a gun I kept for the rest of the game but apparently there are there are, there's a more convoluted uh, way of getting even better weapons
1: um, yeah no I, is because um, I remember a sequence towards the end of the game um, you go back to the village. Uh, towards the end of the game and I wanted to see if I could get back to where I originally was because you know Mm. I've got this new boost ability and I had also discovered that I could use the automatic gun to make me jump even higher if you shoot towards the ground Mm. so I managed to get back all the way towards the beginning where you originally got your first gun and there's a guy there who says oh my god this gun someone took my gun it's a shame he's asleep when you first go there yeah <laughs> and it's a shame, because I was going to upgrade that gun, so it was better. And so I assume if you keep the
0: original gun and don't swap with Curly, if you go that's, back there... I believe that's it. Yeah. 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 So, But that's just one example, and I, I think there are many things like that. Not ne- not necessarily power-ups in that same way, but just general items, uh, secrets. I'm looking down this list on, on cavestory.org, and it says... To get Chaco's lipstick, to get the alien badge, to get Curly's underwear. <laughs> um, what? There's a, there's a whole sequence at the end where you end up wearing a, a mask, uh, a mimiga mask, to convince uh, to to get hold of an item, to convince uh, the farming mimiga that you're uh, allowed to get uh, play with this water sprinkler. Um, but apparently, you can then go and do some stuff while still wearing the mimiga mask that you can. Uh, change your experience, you can even get to the final bosses while wearing the Mimiga mask somehow uh, uh, all, all that sort of thing, so again, the, you can just, you can play this kind of the straight way, the the normal arcade adventure, you know, get item solve puzzle, shoot your way through level and go on, but there's, again this, I suspect this ties in with the, the, the way that this game uh, engenders such passion in its in its fan base, not just the um, the sort of multi-layered and quite complex and ob- obscure story but also the, the many, many sort of intricate secrets that the game has there's, there's a lot of replayability here
2: like this and dust are made by one one guy maybe a guy helps with the music and they cram it so much. in this
0: case we'll talk about the soundtrack later oh. But he the, did yeah, it the, all himself
2: Oh right. they cram it all. They cram all this stuff in themselves. But then they have, they just want to put stuff into the, these games that you know they don't tell you about, like wearing the Mim- mimiga mask. Oh god, uh, and <laughs> and like, like in dust, there were so many uh, cameos in that game where like, like you know you bump into the Fez guy, the the castle crashes, and the levels are themed on those you know those aesthetics, and it's really clever. And like, but games like you know the AAA games, you rarely see any of that. It's it's
0: very yeah, weird. it's away from focus testing, and also. I guess in that case, the developer who's sitting there for five years working on his game, it's as much to... Alleviate boredom for himself by mm. making things different, not just you know creating another tile set for another set of levels. Actually, going no, what would be fun to you know put in here? And they can make personal little touches, like I gather there are references in Cave Story to uh, his wife and the birth of his child and, and all this sort of thing. So, and again, you couldn't really do that stuff in a in a game that's made by you know twenty to a hundred people. No. So yes, the this is a platform arcade adventure shooter uh so one of the things you do a lot of is shooting so you start off uh with by getting that first weapon uh what's it called the is it called the lone star or something like that the, yeah, yeah yeah uh so and that's your basic gun now i didn't even realize what was going on at first i thought i was leveling my character up but it turns out that each weapon you collect uh can fire up to three levels yeah um also worth saying we should say your character has hit points and uh different um attacks and enemies take off different amounts and as we said before you can quite easily find yourself whittled down to nothing um you take when you take a hit you kind of bounce you get bounced in that way you do in games uh but it's not it's not overly frustrating you don't have control taken away from you for too long um it's always avoidable as well and the general crispness of control of Your character, who you only find out... In fact, his name is Quote. You only find that out if you get the real ending, by the way. Uh, It's... um, He feels delightful to control. Just the perfect amount of inertia, uh, responsive jump, etc., etc. Would you gentlemen agree?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, It's another case like Super Meat Boy where it does feel like... You are always in perfect control, so when you die and when you fall down, it feels like your fault. it doesn't feel like the game is screwing you over i um, I really really liked how they um, linked the upgrading of your weapons with how how long you use them um, uh, you know with most games um, you just kind of upgrade your character and then the weapons follow with that but it was nice that if you had a favorite weapon you'd get better and better with that the more you used it um by you know by killing enemies and so forth and it, that i thought all of that was handled really well
2: yeah it's it's, a, it's one of the um the most compelling uh, reasons to play cave story for me uh the the platforming was precise and even though i'm immediately worked out that the, the the longer you hold down a the higher he jumps it took me a little while to work that out i'll be honest like because the 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 intro cave was sort of like you, you are taught that with the water and stuff like because you hit, hit a pool of water and you're like oh i can't jump out of here and that teaches you that if you're in water you can't jump at all really so you have to you know back out and then jump over this sort of you have to arc your jump over the water onto onto a ledge but you can jump even higher than that at points so it's sort of it's it's really cool, like you know, the longer you hold it down, sort of like Mario in the NES days, the longer you hold it down, the higher he goes. And it, yeah. that's the only sort of criticism I had, where it's like, oh, I can jump higher. And yeah, but yeah, he is in the air, he's perfect to control. He, um, you know, it always feels like your fault if you fall off from a high ledge, just like, oh no. But, um, when you start upgrading your. Your weapons of choice. Uh, you know, you pick up the triforce-like experience points on the floor, and it, you know, you go level one, level two, level three, and they all have different like um, attributes per level. and if you get hit you lose the experience and that's, that's great, like imagine if that happened in Call of Duty or something, like you yeah. lose experience on your guns, just like, you are actually gutted that you've lost that level 3 on the, your machine gun because it, that can propel you up a
1: bit it was really interesting because I found myself more compelled to uh, avoid enemy fire simply <laughs> because I didn't want my gun stats to go down mm. rather than my own health, like <laughs> yeah. if it was just my yeah. own health I'd just charge in and kill everyone, but I don't want my gun to be level 2 again, god I've got it all the way to level 3 I'm not letting it go down again
2: no because it just feels really inferior doesn't it when you get to level 2 you're like oh god
1: one thing I really liked is all the techniques that the game never told you about I previously mentioned about using the gun to jump even higher and I felt like I discovered that completely by accident I was just firing at the ground and then suddenly I lifted up and I was like wait a second and then all the way through the rest of the game i started using that to extend my jump or if there were enemies below me on the, like
0: below a platform there are some places you can only get to by using that technique as well yeah. um yeah and so you can you you can although you have infinite ammo you can empty that clip as it were so uh there are certain places you can't you can't just keep firing upwards forever for for example
3: yeah mm.
0: Uh, Yeah, and uh, so, for instance, your your basic gun starts as a, you know, standard pea shooter, um, then goes up to a double shot, then goes up to a big fat blast, and uh, I can't actually remember, are there four or five guns in the end you can collect? There's a missile launcher, which goes to a big fat missile, and then multiple missiles as a sort of bubble gun. Um, There's a fireball, various others. And what you can do, what I found myself doing was shooting enemies a lot with the standard gun and then switching to the one I wanted to power up and Mm. hoovering up the experience points with that. So you don't have to use the experience with the gun you're currently using. You can use it with whichever weapon you've got selected at the time
2: that there is a weapon called the nemesis looking at this cavestory.org website. Oh yeah. A weapon of some exp- expertise to use. It just says basically don't level it up. Level 1 is like the best. It's amazing. Oh. Level level 2 it sort of fizzles out and level 3 just fires out little rubber ducks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> it's brilliant. So that would completely change the the, your sort of route around the level because you'd be hmm. shooting enemies and normally you'd be running a- along the ground hoovering up the little golden shards yeah. but in that case you'd be jumping over them which would probably lead you into uh, making more risky jumps and stuff because there are some instant death pits and stuff like that if you're not being careful so... Um, yes we should say as well as being able to fire straight down you can also fire straight up but you can't fire at an angle in this game in a samus style but you're never required to it's quite satisfying just firing getting underneath enemies and firing straight upwards and and again it's just that beautiful feel the the feeling of shooting and the and the feeling of enemies being hit and the the, the the pixelated explosions and the little you know you get the number rpg style numbers appearing and the, the amount of damage they've done and it all just looks and feels right it it almost uh reminds me of turrican the uh, which were very much um, less sort of arcade of entry in, in that they didn't have puzzles but 16 uh, bit uh platform shooters that sort of feeling of being sort of swarmed by enemies but having the power to to take them out huh so other than that um progression is generally yeah uh, there's a few sort of fetch quests aren't there like the puppies uh, five puppies for a lady um there's also get jelly from a big <laughs> jellyfish to put out fires yeah this yeah. is one of the
2: fetch quests that sort of annoyed me a little bit because you need the charcoal the jelly and a and the gun base and the, you know the the jelly in the the gun base are fine because you're trying to build a bomb you know obviously yeah uh, but the charcoal's weird because there's, there's two fires in this zone mm. that you can put out with the jellyfish juice um but you can only get the charcoal from one of them mm. and i thought that was a little bit annoying they're just like what well do you mean,
0: to be fair that's because the one one of the fires you look at and it says there's charcoal burning in the fire and the other fire it says i can see that i can get through this fire if i put the fire up so it does kind of tell you
2: <laughs> fair enough it does yeah but I, th- I think I'd saved it in between and I came back and I was like oh there's a fire oh and then I think like myself if someone else saved it in between this fetch quest and came back a, a day or two later they'd probably forget about the fire at the start and you're like oh you know mm. it, would- it- it would have been nice to have a little bit of charcoal from one of the other fires just a little bit
0: yeah again uh, this is a sort of good indication that this makes a, a fine speed run game because the first the, the the optimum way to play this section is you're actually told where well, you're going to need to get through um whoever i can't remember the name of the character's fireplace to progress through the level um and so they say go and get some jellyfish juice and so you do that but the quick way to actually do the game is to go all the way back to the start of the section put out that fire get the charcoal then fire then kill another jelly on the way through to get the jellyfish and then go through the fire so you've probably saved yourself you know a good few minutes during that quest to get the bomb later on in the game um and i I don't. I haven't got. I couldn't find like a absolute definitive best uh, speed run time. But I think you'd be looking at sub two hours to run this game huh. in the optimum limit. Um, whether that's to the true end or the or the the normal end, I don't know. Um, and yes, there is an earlier end um, which we mentioned earlier, um, where you are given the option with uh, Kazuma, one of the science team, to split basically aren't you uh, he's hatched the dragon from egg number zero in the egg corridor mm. and if you don't want to sort of save the mimiga and solve the problems of the island and just escape you can do that and you get the credit sequence but it feels a bit unsatisfactory and you know that you've missed out on a huge chunk of the game as well
2: yeah, and it just lingers on the words at the end, I think, or and there's a question mark or something like that, and you just know something's not up uh, something, something's not right, sorry mm. you, just, you just know that you shouldn't really have got on, on that Dragon, and I'm pretty sure you get a Steam achievement for just doing it wrong, it's basically something like that like, you know, you got the bad ending, or something like that, yeah. I can't really remember what it says Did
0: you ever look at this, Josh? Or...
1: Yeah, no, I actually did this ending without even knowing that there were multiple endings um, I I felt like it was pretty clear once I'd done it that this clearly wasn't the proper end, mm. so I immediately reloaded uh, a yeah. previous save. But it, it was interesting that they didn't signpost it. They didn't say anything like, oh, if you make this choice, then all mm. the, oh, your progress will end here. But, um, yeah, no, it was an interesting decision to say, you know what, if you don't want to deal with all this, you know, problems that these people are having, you can just bugger off. It's fine.
0: <laughs> Leave them to die. I realised I now that um, that famous early ending in Shadow Complex was obviously inspired by this. Mm. You remember the, uh, you can get into the car at about <laughs> yeah. the halfway stage and yeah. uh, you don't rescue the woman and... Uh, Nolan North quips, "Well, plenty more fish in the sea." And the credits <laughs> yeah. roll. Uh, that is clearly exactly yeah. the same as this bit in Cave Story. I, uh, in,
1: I imagine that was a more satisfying ending than the actual ending of Shadow Complex.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it probably was. But then you did miss out on, you know, some of the better parts of the of the game. Say, same as in Cave Story, I suppose. Now, none of us, sadly, have seen the true ending. We've all completed it. Um, now. This being Kane and Rince, you know, perhaps we ought to have all done the best ending, but I wasn't really aware of it. Uh, And again, the game doesn't spell it out for you, and it it really took until uh, looking into the game and and the fans of it uh, to find out that this existed. So uh, you kind of befriend this robot girl who looks like a similar model to you, but female in some way. Uh, Curly Brace is her name. I assume their names are puns on punctuation on the keyboard i I assume he's quote after
2: inverted commas
0: and she's curly bracket after the curly bracket i don't Hmm. i don't know if that's just total lack of inspiration on pixels part um anyway uh now there's a point in the story uh where normally uh she dies she drowns she sacrifices herself she gives up her air bubble for you i think yeah
2: yeah yeah is that during a boss fight or just after
1: just after a boss fight i i think you were fighting the core um and then the room fills with water and you're you know you're slowly losing air and then it just fades to black and then you wake up with this air bubble around you and she's dead uh well i think she's actually unconscious and but you ha- you can't do anything to help her mm. because while you're um the air is escaping you you're meant to look around the environment for a lasso i think and when you wake up again with the air bubble you can attach that uh, to her and drag her along with you um and I, I think that's how you save her
0: yeah so uh i found uh a piece on a website called operationrainfall.com written by a Jonathan Higgins Uh, in this blog piece he's professing his deep love for Cave Story as so many people do Um, so I'll quote him if I may he says um, by far the most striking events in Cave Story in my opinion involves everything from when Curly joins up with you in the labyrinth up to the eerie silence when the character awakens after his first fight with the core of the island players were just beginning to grow attached to Curly Brace who accompanied them through the labyrinth and during one of the toughest battles in the game thus far but now she's given up her air bubble to save her friend and her lifeless body just sits there first time players those unfamiliar with the layers of the story in this game are forced to leave curly's lifeless body behind without so much as a goodbye i restarted my game i was okay with the game killing off igor uh, and other nameless mimiga, and even king and taroko big spoilers there but we did warn you but as soon as that big metal door closed behind me there was no way uh, there was no way to get back curly I forfeited all the progress I'd made during my first playthrough of the game, up to obtaining the booster version 0.08, and took to Google to figure out a way to save her. Alas, I'm not proud of using someone else's experiences to shape my own, but Pixel is cruel like that. The game offers absolutely positively no hints that a booster version 2.0 and the ability to change Curly's fate is available until the end of the game. And even then, everything is exceptionally well hidden." So uh, there's more. I won't read on, but uh, you can find that if you want to find out about the real ending. Um, but you know, if you've played it before and you're listening in anyway, then uh, if you didn't get the real ending, then now's the time to go back and do it. Uh, there's a whole extra section at the end. So the the normal game finishes on uh, you're pretty much climbing up the outside of the island, and then you get to a quite testy triple boss fight. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I remember this giving me a bit of grief.
0: Mm, I thought when I got, I I gave it a couple of goes, and I got a little bit further each time. But uh, I think I actually, I tweeted, I'm going to have to go back and play Hunt the Life Cell. Um, I hadn't collected very many of them. I have no idea where most of them are hidden. Uh, Some of them are very obvious, and lots of them aren't. But in the end, I actually managed to the final section of boss if you've got your weapons powered up it's actually not quite as hard as I, f- I first thought um but yeah this is a three three or four stage final boss with no stages in between although there is a little there is a secret way you can get some extra hearts which is to talk to one of the Mimiga in a cage and they uh, multiple times and then they all get hearts above their head and you can quickly gather them up before they disappear
2: I think the way I did this in the end was I saved that jar from, is it Jenka? Jenka, the, the, the granny? Yes, I sa- there's,
0: there's a Zelda-style uh, one-time-only-use life hmm. jar, which I used on a boss ages ago, thinking, oh, I can probably refill <laughs> that at some point.
2: Yeah, I think she even says, like, you know, you can only use it once, and I was like, oh, okay.
0: Yeah, I was like, whatever.
2: <laughs> sure I'll just find a fairy fountain I not know and then um, yeah and then I just I remember dying over and over again I thought oh, I'll check my inventory and see what's going up you know, see what's going down even <laughs> up or down and I was like, oh I've got this jar so I always got to the same point where I found myself with two health left and I, I was on I was on critical and then I popped this jar and everything was fine so yeah um, wise words
0: yeah save that pot uh, for the final boss is, is a damn good tip um, but of course as I was about to say if you've saved curly there is more to go. There's a there's a last section uh, in hell, effectively, um, which uh, involves going to the very heart of the problems of the island, which is this uh, ancient uh, entity Balos, who is kind of um, he's the creator of the demon crown, basically. So um, the evil cannot t- truly be banished until Balos is so, uh, and apparently the. Uh, the, this final boss uh, is even harder has multiple stages again and uh, i think you know you're going to need to have found the majority of life cells up mm. to this point and probably kept your retry and so on to see the true ending but i've read testaments to uh, testimonies i should say from big fans of this game who are still stuck on the final 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 boss
2: <laughs> that 's quite cool I quite like the fact that there 's much like super meat boy there 's like a dark world and it just gets crazier and crazier like myself i haven 't finished Dark world and Super Meat boy, but I quite mm. like the fact that there 's a game that I love that i still haven 't finished yet.
0: i don't I, yeah.
2: I, I think that 's quite cool
0: it sounds scary uh Josh. how did you find the the regular final boss
1: um, I struggled with it a lot um I have a problem with uh multiple stage boss fights with no checkpoints <laughs> yeah especially after playing bayonetta which had in boss checkpoints yes and checkpointing in general is probably one of my biggest issues with games unless it's like a deliberate design choice i think but it is I, here
0: i think yeah no it, i know it is it's in keeping with the with the with the ethos of the whole piece isn't it
1: I, I, I guess so, but the boss is so bloody hard. Um, I tried it 15 times Ow. and managed to uh, defeat it uh, on the 15th time. Nice. I found the final uh, stage of it to be the easiest, actually, yeah. because I figured I don't really need to bother these other two enemies trying to attack me. I just need to focus on the big, massive eyeball that I need to destroy. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I wasn't a fan. If I'm honest, um, I feel like if you're going to have me fight a boss, uh, multiple stages of a boss have at least a save point in between each uh, stage because it, I, I I just don't want to finish the game. Like I felt I was com- I because I'd gotten that far, I felt compelled that I needed to finish this game. But if I hadn't have enjoyed the game that much, that far, I would have just left it unfinished because it was frustrating me so much.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, there's more to do with this game as well as the uh, story. There's uh, various challenge modes which open up. Um, I think these have been added since, uh, you know, post uh, Nicholas getting hold of it so there's a boss rush uh, sanctuary time attack, curly story mode I think you get to control curly for a bit I'm not sure yeah. if she, she plays the whole game all the way through um, there's uh, sort of various um, time sections and both Darren and I have had problems with this where on the Steam version you get to the end of one of these uh, time based sections which is a sort of remixed area from the main game and then when it goes to Post your leaderboard time. The game seems to crash.
2: Yeah, pretty much hard. Just hard crashes. And well, the first time it crashed, it got rid of the, the screen completely. Mm. I went to view the leaderboards again just to see what your time was or whatever, and it just it locked up and said, you know, Cave Story EXE has failed to respond and just disappeared. Strange because uh, you know the, this, the challenge seemed quite good, but if they're not going to work, then I'm not going to put the effort in.
0: Yeah, Do you know what I mean. Uh, I think you know the, the the fact that these sections are in here uh you know boss rushes and so on uh, are testament to the how robust the the core platforming shooting gameplay is um but Definitely. yeah if, the, if they're not actually going to play ball then there's plenty of other games <laughs> where you could be you could be doing similar similar things uh but again i guess for you know massive lovers of the whole cave story thing it's good to have that extra content um I don't actually know. You know, I I I believe the WiiWare version. You know, not many people are likely to download that now. I wouldn't imagine is uh, a thousand Wii points, which is about seven English pounds. Not actually sure how much the Steam version is because I think I got mine probably as part of a bundle or something. Mm. Cost me the equivalent of a quid, I guess. Uh, I imagine the 3DS version is going to be seven or eight pounds, something like that. Uh, It's not an expensive game anyway.
2: No. Yeah, and it's sort of, I want, like I said earlier, I sort of want to buy it on a different format just because I feel a bit, not greedy, selfish that I bought it in a bundle, <laughs> and I, I, you know, I like it this much, obviously, from what I've said, and I just want to give him some more money, you know what I mean? It's that <laughs> thing, like we said earlier, I just like, want to give Nicholas and uh, Pixel just that bit extra more money, but I can't, can't do it.
0: I'm sure it'll happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other, as well as we mentioned uh speed running, which this game does lend itself there 's also limit setters um i 'm not actually sure because i haven 't tried the hard mode for myself. I imagine it 's fairly brutal, and the idea of completing the bosses on on hard just frightens me, but one of the the sort of the most obvious ways to limit set in a game like this is to not collect any health.
2: Yeah, it's funny you say that because I've been watching a, a you know a let's play cave story on hard, and he's okay. he's pretty much going through it with free health, and it is bonkers.
0: Does he? <laughs> it, does it have the health cells that you can collect, or does it actually lock them out?
2: Uh, I haven't seen any. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I think they are there, but he's just choosing to ignore it all. And he's got all the power ups. He's got everything. Like he's done everything perfectly, and he's he's right at the end, and he, he's died like so many times. Yeah. It's it it is again meat boy-esque but probably probably more punishing because you will have to go back to your last checkpoint
0: yeah some people you know love that shit and mm. uh and fair play to them and again a, a game that lends itself to that sort of gameplay because because it is so the controls are so tight and the design is so solid that you can challenge yourself to do that you'll, you'll never get killed unfairly only mm. if you lose concentration or you you know you take a misstep yourself crikey now uh Pixel, as well as uh, writing the story, doing all the graphics, etc., also wrote the soundtrack. Now, there's uh, if, for most people who play this now, unless I assume you can still just download the vanilla free freeware version. Uh, generally, you have a choice of three versions of the soundtrack. Um, I think it's two on the Wii version, but on the Steam, there's classic, remastered, and new. Uh, classic sounds very eight bit tunes remastered mm-hmm. is a bit more 16-bit and new sounds like probably more it's it's more lavish more like a high-end Korg or something with that is that fair am i yeah
1: yeah but weirdly uh, it's my least favorite one mm-hmm. uh my my favorite soundtrack is the remastered one yeah. because yeah. I, f- I feel like it has a lot of that you know 16-bit charm to it the new one feels like it takes away a lot of that charm mm-hmm. um I don't know. I, I I played it on that setting for about five minutes and then immediately decided no, this isn't for me. Did anyone play the game for long periods with the new soundtrack? I did,
0: yeah. My first playthrough. I, I had the new one on most of the time. Um, my second playthrough I'm playing on the, the normal difficulty with the remastered soundtrack uh, with classic graphics with the lower, lower res graphics. It doesn't really make that much difference to be honest. Um, and I have dabbled with the classic soundtrack but it it is, as much as i like 8 bit chip tunes and you know the main thing to say is is here this is this game is full of fantastic tunes uh brilliant melodies uh the 8 bit chip stuff can be a little bit harsh on the ears in this game i would say so the remastered is a nice halfway house between the two yeah
2: yeah it was definitely my preferred choice of uh, sounds which is um the remastered one is the one they use in that 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 cave story 3d retail box i was listening to the video earlier and i was like oh they're actually using the good soundtrack so there's there is one good choice from the visual and audio. I, I wouldn't i
1: wouldn't say that i think they're all all three of them are pretty decent i just think it yeah, depends yeah. on your taste uh, and because the game is so retro i felt like a more retro soundtrack was appropriate for it um but i'm amazed that he did the music the art and everything else for this yeah. game because it says so much about the talent of this guy mm. that he can do this much this well i mean the music is incredibly good um one of my favorite soundtracks for any indie game um ju- just from the title screen when the main theme uh, comes in you're like wow i'm in for a treat here
0: Absolutely, uh, and there are uh, some more secrets um, as regards to that. You can, uh, depending on your actions, at some point in the game, you can uh, have the title screen play different music, <laughs> including a piece which isn't anywhere else in the game, I understand. So there you Again,
2: this it just harkens back to the, the secrets within an indie game. It's just, mm. it's just stunning.
0: Correspondence uh, We haven't had loads That's probably partly because of the Relatively obscure nature of the game And also because I didn't put the thread up Nearly as early as I normally do So apologies for that But listeners and forum members alike Please, if you're a listener and not a forum member you could change that. If you're a forum member already or you're going to be one, don't be afraid to start a thread about any game from any era and particularly the ones that we're about to cover. You don't have to wait for one of us to do it. Um, if you've got something to say for the forthcoming show, then just start the thread for the game well in advance. It's fine. But Mike ledy 83 reliable as ever. Uh, He says it's ridiculous that one man can make an amazingly rich experience that feels complete and in no way homebrewed purely in his spare time. The version I played was the possibly controversial PSP version prompted by an awareness of the mass critical response it received. In short, it completely justified its place as a strong platformer and felt like a stronger release than most. Uh, the more recent PSP platformers such as the Prinny games. The last boss really tested my skills and the flow of the game seemed well paced, always keep me, keeping me interested when the triangles flow regularly it's easy to get hooked. In the recent years, it's become a minefield to choose a definitive version for when I finally get around to purchasing the game. I'm tempted by the 3D version, curious of the Plus versions, eager to try the NES-style controls of the WiiWare version, and as of recent news, waiting on whatever the game might evolve into for a rumoured PSN XBLA release. I'm as ready as ever to play it again, and extremely glad I took the, in retrospect, no-brainer gamble on the game.
2: It's funny you mention Prinny in this. Uh, uh-huh. you know, in the little, I've not played because... the Prinny
0: games. Uh, I've only no. met a Prinny in in, uh, in Disgaea.
2: Um, you can play as Prinny in the 3DS Cave Story 3D version.
0: Of course, because it's by Nipponichi Hmm. There we go. Yeah, good. Good knowledge. Three-word reviews in alphabetical order.
2: Gene eighty-two says deserves the hype.
0: Badore
1: SNK says retro aesthetics renaissance.
0: Twan Lavish a debutante three word reviewer says not on e
2: the mega famous super duper cool guy James Milkey says I know. godfather of modern indie
0: how cool is that James Milkey yes that's the former editor of 1UP and former right hand man of Tetsuya Mitsuguchi and current uh, right hand man of Dylan Cuthbert
2: yeah I couldn't remember that in such short space so I said <laughs> stupid stuff instead <laughs> <laughs>
0: And finally, Mealtime Strategy says Brainia Craniumed Metroidvania. So I stole your three-word review there, Josh. My apologies. It's all right.
2: <laughs> you probably would have got the name wrong anyway. That's,
0: oh. that's, your, that's your thing, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> Harsh. <laughs> so, our own summaries then. Um, Josh. Cave Story
1: was a pleasant surprise for me uh, because you know i had a lot of people telling me i would uh, i would love this game and it would be right up my street but i kind of ignored it um because i had all these other games i was interested in and it was only when i picked it up on the sale and realized how stupid i had been you know that i realized how good a game cave story actually is it felt like story took a lot of things that made 8-bit and 16-bit games great and put them all in a blender, combined them and it kind of, it kind of represents the best of that, that era of gaming. It's all the best things about that time period um, and it was it was almost like an interesting history lesson playing that game, seeing the way games used to be made. Um, I've played those games uh, in the those uh, eight, uh, 16-bit and 88-bit games before as well, but it was just nice seeing a game that kind of amalgamated all those experiences into one. I, I highly recommend it for anyone who is a fan of those older t- style games, but for anyone who's interested in seeing how games used to be made and who's about the same age as me,
0: Darren Gargett.
2: Yeah, as a, a lifelong Nintendo fan, uh, it's it was such a stark revelation to play Cave Story and just think this is a Nintendo game, like, but not Nintendo, like it's a Nintendo game that Nintendo didn't make. In my eyes, like, even though you know Nintendo games don't have such a a rich narrative as Cave Story It definitely—it just feels like a Nintendo game to me. Um, from from gameplay to to setting, like Cave Story does a a great job of just making you feel like that place exists in the universe somewhere. Much like Samus, you know, on Planet Zebes and stuff like that. The, 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 it's one of the rare few games that just makes you just think. Maybe if I you know if I had a massive telescope and I could see into space, I'd probably see quote running around on. Some planet with megamers <laughs> and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? It's one of those games that you really believe that it's it's a thing, and you get you get sucked into it just because it all stitches together perfectly. You know, it, the gameplay from the sound to the art style, it all just it just feels right, and it makes you proud to be you know a gamer. You know what I mean? It's just like I play I play games. Oh yeah, would you play? Oh, I play Cave Story, and you just they're like, oh god, this is amazing. You know what I mean? It's one of those games, sort of like Hotline Miami recently. You are just like, yeah. Like games are amazing, and this will, that's what Cave Story makes me feel like.
0: Nice video games, indeed. Yeah, people will generally uh, refer to this as a Metroidvania, which is you know fine if you know maybe t- you could argue semantics about that. Um, it definitely does have elements of the Metroid about it, and the Castlevania and the Mega Man, but it also some other influences are quite strong in there. Um, you know, good influences like Gunstar Heroes, other treasure games as well, and as I say as much as anything, it reminds me structurally and in terms of atmosphere of some of the old English, uh, British 8-bit games like Starquake and the Sacred Armour of Antiriad. So if you like those games, um, this is worth checking out. Generally, it just feels like, uh, it does feel like a labour of love. Um, impeccable honed design, uh, balance difficulty, logical puzzles, albeit in a, you know, sort of Squiffy universe. Um, the feel of the char- character control and the shooting, the jumping uh, is just spot on. Um, the story is intriguing, but it's also cute and and charming. And overall, the game is just a thoroughly excellent experience. Now, you can play along with Kane and Rince, and you should do. Uh, next up is Sega's Binary Domain. Uh, you probably didn't buy a copy when it came out but you may have done since because it's crazily cheap following that pac-man championship edition and dx and some pac-man conversation then the half-life episodes uh half-life two episodes i should say one and two although i gather gabe newell has said that they are basically half-life three this is concerning um, <laughs> and also hopefully some talk amongst us about whether gordon freeman really is an analog for jesus christ if we can dare go down that path After that, Akami, and I urge you to all go, if you have a PlayStation 3, and play the HD version of Akami, because it's stunning. Then Shenmue's 1 and 2, and then in the new year, we're going to feature some indie developers, including the people behind Applejack and Papo and Yo.
2: The blog is at kainandrince.com. Quick rinse videos on the blog and the YouTube channel. Uh, recent videos are Fez, Dust, Hell Yeah, and uh, Half-Life 2. So, yeah, there's uh, quite a few 2D platformers to Do we check have a Cave out. Story one? We have a Cave Story one. It's been up for some time.
0: Oh. I'll add it to the uh, show notes for this podcast.
1: Uh, you can find us uh, at Facebook at facebook.com slash You can email us at kainandrince at com.
0: Your support for the show, of course, as ever, via your iTunes subscriptions, reviews, and ratings, hugely appreciated, very helpful to us. But most of all, we'd really like more and more of you to join the cane community and have your say about anything gaming related or podcast related at cane and com slash forum until next week with binary domain we'll leave you with some chiptunes of one of the three flavors provided by pixel in his cave story until then goodbye